Hey everyone, it's Tom Kradza, and on this episode of the Your Life, Your Term show, I sit down with Ray Blanchard and Yana Sijonenko, I hope I got that right, and they're going to blow your minds. They are real estate investors that have a whole whack load of real estate investing experience coming out of Toronto and then going in all of other parts of Ontario. Wait till you hear this. But then they both end up in Windsor. They buy a multi-unit building that is actually a commercial building and turn it into a residential building. And then not only that, they use Bitcoin to harness some of the energy coming from the roof of the building to mine Bitcoin and the heat that's put off from some of the Bitcoin miners goes back to heating the water for the tenants of the building. So wait till you hear this experience, how they've done this, what they're gonna do next. This is the kind of stuff when you're marrying these two things together that's just blowing my mind. And on top of all of it, Ray is a Leafs fan. So you know automatically this is a good guy who has some good information. <laughs> and uh, if you are listening to this, and you want to get some real estate investing information from us, you can find all of it at rockstarinnercircle.com. We have links to our introductory training classes and podcasts like this, YouTube video links to our YouTube channel, different reports, different books that we put out. It's all available to you at rockstarinnercircle.com. Along with our weekly email that goes out to tens of thousands of people in Canada, you can register for that weekly email there as well at rockstarinnercircle.com. That's it for the intro. Let's Let's get on with the show. Are you ready to live life on your terms? Is it time to take charge? Real estate, business building, the economy, health and nutrition, and more. It's the Your Life, Your Term Show with Tom and Nick Carazza. Are you ready? Let's go. We are live with Ray Blanchard and Yana Sizanyenko. Did I do half You got that right. Yeah, okay. Yana, you are Ukrainian. I am. Ukrainian-Russian. Russian-Ukrainian. On the border. On the border. Yes. Russian-Ukrainian or Ukrainian-Russian? Ukrainian-Russian. Ukrainian-Russian. <laughs> and Ray Blanchard, I feel like those are two very different names. Ray feels very Canadian. I feel like you're Canadian through and through. I am. My family, on one side of my family, they've been... My mother's side of the family's been here for over 200 years. My father's side of the family's been here for over 300 years. Come on. Yeah. I'm my, sitting across from a genuine <laughs> Canadian? Pretty much. You know how rare that is? I, my, my father's family was one of the 23 founding families of Prince Edward Island. Come on. Yeah, back in 1709. What? Yeah, and they emigrated fr to Prince Edward Island from... Uh, back then it was called Isle Saint-Jean... Prince Edward Island, and they emigrated from New France, which is now Nova Scotia. And they arrived sometime in the 1600s. We don't know exactly when. I'm so disappointed that you don't know exactly when. I, you know, I, come I, on, I Ray. You went, can you go back and figure that out, please? I yes. actually did. We, 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 went, we went to the uh, archives in Nova Scotia, but it was crazy how much information they had. We didn't have enough time to, to do it. So where then, if, do you know before that? Like what Blanchard? Where are they from? That, that's probably not. France. Oh, so Blanchard yeah, is a French name. French probably name. changed a little bit. Blanchard. No? Blanchard. Blanchard, yeah. Raymond Blanchard. We. Oui. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, very cool. Wow. Yeah. And my uh, mother's side is the Irish Scottish. Got it. Oh, okay. We scare. We we scare. We share the Scottish side. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Our my my our mom. Uh, her family's from just I think it's south of Edinburgh. There, it's called a little place called Leven. Mm -hmm. um, but we've never been. I've never been to Scotland. No, neither have I. No, really. No. 
But yeah. what's the back? What's the maiden name? Dewar, D-E-W-A-R. Dewar. Oh. Yeah, I just saw a picture of our grandfather that I had never seen before with him next in a little van. And on the side, it's painted and it says A. Dewar. He's, his, his first name's Alexander. Nick's middle name. He's a doer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it says a painting and decorating and he's standing proudly by this van. And That's I was great. like, wow, yeah, I've never seen, saw, seen that before. Nice. And yeah, we're just not connected to that side of our family at all. It's... it's uh, um. Yeah, just kind of weird how families change over the years and you lose parts of the connections and stuff like that, right? It's, yeah. it's kind of strange. But anyway, enough uh, enough about the whole, you know, background uh, talk there. Please explain what the heck you're doing in Windsor, Ontario with something called the Bitcoin building. Sounds so give, give everyone like just like the well, overview and then we can dive into some questions we'll here. Start in, we'll start back. We got to go back to 2016, 2015, 2016. Yana and I were, we met in Toronto. We, I, I lived in Toronto my whole life. And uh, Yana... Was, so you're a Leafs fan? Oh, absolutely. Oh, For my we're already life. off to a great start For here. For my whole life. Okay, great. Yana, Yana was uh, immigrated to Toronto uh, when she was like 16. So she was living there for most of her life. We met there and uh, after dating for a while we decided to do a flip together so we did a flip down in st lawrence market a condo flip and uh oh my god our father built condos right by st lawrence market maybe but anyway yeah yeah uh, yeah cool (laughs) very cool uh so we 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 did that flip it took about five months uh and we took this old hoardy uh this old condo that was owned by hoarders and we cleaned it all out and uh turned it into like a four seasons apartment and while we were living there and so like moving the couch or moving the bedroom around as we were renovating and uh so that went very well then we went traveling for a while to central america and and then if you go a little further down we ended up having a child together and when that child and during the cha- during the time when she was pregnant or before before she got pregnant she was bidding on all of these uh Tax sales. Ta- tax sales. Oh, all no over way. All over Ontario. No way. Yeah, municipal yes. tax sales. Nick and I did that. We've met very few other people who've done that. She wow. Did it and she did it successfully. Yes, I all applied that. for 26 different <laughs> places in Ontario. I haven't, and I won one in Windsor, and I actually only seen it on Google Maps. I didn't go <laughs> in so person. So did, did you flip that thing, or do you still have this thing that you've never seen? No, so I... It looked beautiful on Google Maps. And then <laughs> we came there, we opened the door, and it was full of mold. It was just black, black mold everywhere. Two holes in the roof. Um, for 13 years. For 13 years. So I was in a huge shock. <laughs> and that was my first big renovation that I did on my own. And I thought it's gonna be a cosmetic flip. and it. It was like a huge god job. Hmm. Like I had to fix the roof, the brick. Thank God the foundation was okay. <laughs> and how were you? Were you were you traveling there regularly? No, oh. I moved there. Oh, you, that's how you ended up. This what this was in Windsor. This is in Windsor. And so this is Windsor. is this part of the reason that you're in Windsor now? That's right. Yes. Come that's on. what led us to Windsor. She actually she 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 Ooh. got lucky and won a tax sale. And and by the way, she got a house, a, a detached house, uh, to. Uh, say one and a half stories, one and a half story house with full basement for 50,000. 50, Come on, where? Windsor? In Windsor. In Windsor. It was a tax on a tax sale. sale. On a tax sale, yes. And You're the was... first person I've ever met. I'm not even joking. <laughs> You're the first person I've ever met that scored on a tax sale. And it was way overbid. The taxes owing to the city were only like $20,000 or something like that. But we had so many bidders and then she ended up being the highest 
And, and what was it worth, do you think? I actually, back at that time, it wasn't worth much. I put 110,000 in it into renovations. And I think I did pretty well. <laughs> I did good, very good negotiations with the contractors. Uh, and by the time I was finished, I was in for about 170,000. And it was worth 170,000. Yeah, got it. Okay. <laughs> but sounds like. But <laughs> yeah, but the rents, uh, it was a student house because it was in a student area. Mm. And um, the rent was great. And my mortgage was really low. And then the market went just crazy. And so when was this then? That was five years ago. Okay, yeah. Windsor started picking up. Yeah. So uh, unfortunately, I ended up selling it because I had to <laughs> invest all the money into the Bitcoin building. That's we were great. short but tell them what you for the second for. time. Uh, and we, I sold it for... 595. No, five, 595. Wasn't 600? No, I think it was just under 595. No. Oh, Ray's shaving a little no, off there. It was over 600. Yana, you didn't get 600. It was yes. 595. Oh, it, I, might I think it was 608. <laughs> it was York that sold for 95. Oh, yes. For about six six hundred and ten thousand. Oh, good for you! Congrats yes. on that. Wow. So, getting back to your original question, the reason why we were in Windsor is because of her tax sale. She, she, you know, she'd been bidding Hold the mic all just a little closer to you, right? Sure. Yeah, thank you, thank you. So she'd been bidding on tax sales all over Ontario, and she kept losing, losing to other bidders, mm. and then she finally won one. And we went there, and I helped her do the demolition on that that place. Um, then we kind of took a little personal break for a little while. We were not together, and so she did the renovation. But I came there and did the 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 demolition and while we were both there we were being offered like semi-detached duplex uh, semi-detached uh homes uh side by side with a full basement that you could put an adu in and both of them together one hundred twenty thousand dollars. and we're i i was kicking myself for not buying them but I, we didn't buy, end up buying because I, I thought i thought i'm never going to stay in windsor but uh, she stayed in Windsor. She did the renovation. Yes. And then we started looking at all the real estate magazines. And Windsor turned out to be number one for like five or six years in a row as the number one city for cash flow and real estate investment. We're like, well, I guess we're lucky <laughs> for, for winning it. Yeah. So that turned us on to uh, Windsor. We, after, after we got back together, um, we had a surprise. You know, mm -hmm. little Aiden came along. My son's cool. name is Aiden. Yeah, awesome. Well. Awesome. We just spell it differently, but uh, how's Ian? A y d e n. A y a y d e n. Got it. Yeah, yeah, cool. So that little joy, he came along, and when we decided that once he was born, we when he was about three or four months, we decided we we're going to move to Windsor and build and start a life all, all over again. Wow. And uh, you guys she, are crazy. <laughs> I mean that as a compliment. Like most people don't really chase things as seriously as that. So good on you guys. Yeah. We just saw the potential in Windsor and, uh, and well, and, we saw the potential. Plus we also took uh, Tony Robbins seminars. Mm -hmm, yeah. That'll do that to you. <laughs> it, sure. it definitely Where did you did. take that? Was that when he came to Toronto? We or? did it one in Chicago. Yeah, okay. And it was really, it's like, we just wanted to take over the Windsor. Mm. Like Raven told me today after we finished Tony Robbins, I was like, I want to build a condo. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah, so we got to Windsor and we just went into like attack mode. Like I bought three properties. Ray bought two properties and then Ray found a business partner and they bought four more properties. <laughs> yeah, I was actually, when I got there, I had no job. And in just become, before coming to Windsor, I kind of messed up my whole financial life. I was doing my own thing, uh, trading derivatives, which ended up being a disaster. 
and <laughs> I messed up my whole financial life. I was almost basically, you know, broke again. I had maybe $10,000 left. And so we went to Windsor. I was like, okay, we're going to start everything all over. I got a family. I got to get serious now. And uh, so, yeah, I started doing handyman work. I just put an ad on Kijiji doing handyman work. Did that for about a month, making good money, about four to 5000 a month. Well, decent money. And, and then... Uh, and then one, I went to quote on this basement for this guy, and we started talking. And you know, an hour later, or two hours later, we started talking, and he wants to do flips, and I want to do flips. He's the money guy, I'm the working partner, and a handshake deal, and we did four flips together no way. over the next year and a half. Yeah, And never a contract, just a handshake deal. Holy smoke. So all in Windsor are those flips? Yeah. And you, you found the flips. They were, were they easy to find because prices hadn't really appreciated yet? Yeah, so, so you could, I remember Nick and I took a tour through there about uh, five years or six years ago. And we're like, wow, there's a lot of opportunity out here. It's a little bit, you know, we kind of have some stuff going on a little bit over here more. We're not going to go into Windsor. But at the time I remember thinking, geez, I just didn't think the appreciation would hit the way it did in Windsor. I'm like, you know what? The cash flow will be here forever. I'm not completely sold on the appreciation. And then the appreciation started running in. So, uh, yeah. yeah. And it's going to go even more in the future. Like, yeah. Why, why do you, I, I kind of feel that way now as well, but why are you thinking that? Well, we may be a little bit biased cause we're mm-hmm. completely invested in Windsor, but, um, but wow. Windsor is for, for when you talk about Windsor, you got to talk about the Windsor-Essex region, mm-hmm. right? Um, and there's about 500,000 people in that region right now. But in the next five to 10 years, there's going to be about $25 billion worth of major infrastructure and development projects going on, which is huge for such a small population. Now, strategically, it's a very... You know, what are some of those work. projects? Are you t- are referring to one of them being the new plant that's going to go in there? That's right. The new, it's a battery. Stellantis LG uh, EV battery Yes, plant. thank you. That's that's only about, th- I think it's, I, th- I think they said it was about five or six billion dollars. Uh, off the top of your head, does another one stand out for you that's been announced? Well, there's the mega hospital that's being built by, in combination between the city and the province and the federal government. That, you know. They say it's going to be seven billion, but you know, government, it's going to be 12, 15 billion 70. by the time they're done. So, yeah, let's yeah. go 70. They <laughs> <laughs> got the Gordie Howe Bridge. This is already under construction. Okay. That's another 70. That's a new bridge or a, re- a renovation of it? No, it's a brand new bridge. Brand new. Yeah. Okay. It's going to be the second longest suspended bridge, suspension bridge in all of the world after wow. it's finished or something like that. Yeah. Okay. So that one's underway. They're, I'd say they're about a third of the way done. Um, then you've got a new Amazon distribution center coming there. Hmm. You've got all these filler uh, places that are coming up to service um, the Stellantis LG plant. Chrysler has invested another $2 billion to retool its current plant there to add and add another third shift so that they can start making EV EV, uh, cars Hmm. out of there. So there's huge amounts Mm -hmm. of investment. Mm -hmm. And just in residential real estate alone, this is for some of your investors that are listening, I know personally of over $500 million in residential real estate development going uh, going on and planned or going on in the downtown core of Windsor. Are you part of the Windsor Tourism and Economic Board? No, but I'm, oh, okay. I'm soon, you know, yeah, no. soon going to be part of the yeah. BIA probably. <laughs> yeah, no, smart. And like any real estate investor, you, you're looking into this stuff because this is what brings the money. This is what forces the appreciation because the people come, the jobs come. It's all the fundamentals that matter. Yeah. Wow. Um, okay, so keep going with the story. You're doing all the stuff. You do these flips. So we do these flips, and but, and you ask the question, how do we find them? Uh, half of them we found through wholesalers, and the other half we found right on the MLS. How did you find the wholesalers? 
Uh, there is basically you can join Facebook groups. And, okay, so and just you, like kind of networking. Yeah, networking yep. events as well. Okay, to find the wholesalers, and 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 we found. I think we bought three projects off, two projects off a wholesaler, one off of a real a pocket a pocket deal in a real estate office, and then uh, three of them we just found on MLS. Wow. Okay, you guys are quite the team. This is uh, both of you are doing stuff kind of like independently, but and she's doing this while raising a, <laughs> yeah. a, a young child. Yeah. yeah. So because I wasn't much to help in the first two years. Women are just generally stronger and can handle more shit. I tell my wife all the time. I'm like, listen, I just complain a lot about stuff. Like if I'm not feeling well, <laughs> you know, the classic like guys just complain about. Now I'm like, I'm crying like a baby. <laughs> My, my wife will handle a million things and she's not feeling well. She'll complain for like one time barely yeah. and just move on. And I'm like for days, like, you know, <laughs> what's wrong with me? This is sucks. I think women are just stronger in a lot of capacities. But anyway, okay. So then the flips and then what comes next? So now we were in 2019. I'm, I'm, my partner and I have already, even though we we're not finished our flips, we've discussed ending our partnership because I want to do bigger and better things. And he wants to stay in the multi, you know, the single family homes and the duplexes. And so I, I start thinking, okay, I think the biggest opportunities in Windsor are conversions from, cause, cause at the time Windsor's office buildings downtown had like an average of 40% vacancy mm. rates, which oh, is wow. huge. Wow. And and the rent per square foot for these office space was like $9.50 a square foot on average. Jeez. It's cheap, cheap, cheap. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I did the math. And for residential real, real estate, you can get about $28, $29 a square foot in Windsor, right? So it, it was, it was not, it's not like I'm a genius. I just thought, okay, well, if I take an office building and convert it to residential. Yeah, it's pretty obvious. The numbers are right yeah, there. It's going to make a lot of financial sense. Yeah. So I started looking at all these office buildings that were empty. And I saw this one beautiful one downtown called the uh, Security Building. It's a nice, beautiful old Art Deco, 10-story building. And, uh, I was like, and, and I looked at a couple other places. And I, I had a commercial real estate uh, 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 agent working with me. And I said, okay. Just put in some offers at these ones and we'll see what happens, right? And uh, so, or, or just see who's interested in selling because none of these were on the market. They were just, you know, all sure, yeah. sitting there, you know, waiting for opportunity. Um, so he comes back to me, he says, oh yeah, the security building, are in, people are interested. You know, this is what they're asking for, 4 million. And I was like, I, I, offer, I think I said, well, let's offer them 2.9, right? With no idea how I'm going to buy it. Yeah, 2. yeah, 9. sure. I don't have yeah. 2.9 million. So I said, offer 2.9. We ended up settling on 3.4 million and they agreed to it. And, and then I was like, okay, great. I have to put down $50,000 down payment, which I had from the flips. Put wow. that down. That's not a bad down payment on that. That was, that's, that's only for the uh, due diligence period. Yeah, got it. Once, yeah, like a deposit. Once, Sorry. Yeah, a deposit, I, but I, yeah. I, even as a deposit, that's yeah, not that not bad of a bad deposit. For, for a 3.5 yeah, million. Yeah. And then once the due diligence period is over, we had to put it up to 250,000. Mm-hmm. So... I'm going through the due diligence period and I'm trying to find a partner of a, a financial partner because my current financial partner doesn't have the kind of money to close that deal. And he's not interested in that. So I'm going around trying to find partners and I was like, wow, uh, I can't find anybody. I, I, I approached over 300 investors and uh, as far as the GTA everywhere, all over Canada. And then, and then the due diligence period comes up and I, I have to either walk away from the deal or I have to put up the other 250. And I was like, no. I love this building. It's going to work. So I put up the other 250. And at the time, I was mistaken. I had made a really fatal mistake. Could have been fatal. 
I was under the impression that if you walk away from a commercial deal, you get your deposit back. Oh, geez. That was a big mistake. Uh, so yeah, foolish. So that was a big mistake. And I, I went, I went firm on the deal, put the other 200,000 down and, and, and basically had to beg, borrow and steal to get the, up to the 200,000 to get it, put it down. And then I had, I think three months to, to, to close the deal and find a partner. And I think I found, I found another local businessman who finally, it was really difficult to get, he was traveling a lot over the holidays. It was really difficult to get, get him to nail, nail him down and get him to come take, take a look. But when he came to the building and took a look and I told him everything I wanted to do there, he was like, wow, I'm in. He wanted the whole penthouse for himself. Mm. And I was like, you can have the two floors. I don't care. Just sign, <laughs> sign the joint venture agreement. And, uh, but he did, we ended up signing the joint venture agreement with two weeks to close. And wow. then, and then we negotiated an extension and then, and then of course COVID happened, COVID hit, no banks wanted to talk about financing. So we had to go back and get a vendor take back mortgage. We negotiated a 67% vendor take back mortgage on that. Come on. Yeah. Two years at 6% and which was like a $2.3 million. Two years. So has that come due? Like balloon payment? It's all done. Yeah. After two years, you have to pay. Is, are you through that two year period now? Well, I didn't actually end up closing on the deal. Oh, keep going. So what happened was the, we got that in place. He had the money. He had the rest of the money. He was going to put in about 1.5 million and I got my 250,000 <laughs> there and I was going to be the GC and do all the work. He was just, you know, going sure. to oversee, help yeah. oversee. And so about a week before closing, he calls me up. He's like, Ray, I don't like the split. I don't like the numbers. You know, I'm not giving up 50%. You're putting up this, I'm putting up that. And, uh, Anyways, it, he, he kind of went back on what we had signed in our agreement. But anyways, I had to renegotiate because I, I was in a do or die position. If we don't close this deal, I lose all, all of the money that I had. And uh, anyways, a day before, we, it, it got a little contentious. But the day before the deal closed, uh, I told him, I said, you take the deal. Take everything. Just give me, I, I'll just take my, my deposit, my 250000 And that's what happened. He took the deal. So wow. he closed on it. He eventually ended up selling it for, uh, before, the, before the vendor take back financing f expired, he ended up selling it last year for uh, an, basically a $2 million profit. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, and all he did was gut it and, you know, kick out all the tenants, gut it and frame sure. it. Yeah, yeah, frame yeah. It, and that's it. So he did pretty well. Oh. Uh, I have, but I have no hard feelings because when when I no, you didn't have a track record either in that space. So when you were going around looking for money to raise, it was difficult. It's it's obvious to me that it would be difficult because if people are looking at you for that kind of money, it's like, well, Ray, what's your track record? And you're like, well, you know what? I, I've done all I, these single I did families. This stuff. <laughs> yeah, like, like well, I see the potential here. Don't you yeah. see the potential in this? Yeah. So you, I could see the struggle in that. But kudos to you for going down that path. Um, you just bit off a little bit too much for that time, but that's also how you grow and learn because everything you learned from that just propels you forward Absolutely. faster. I so felt it's, like it's I the got... right way. You did the, like you did all the right things. Luckily, you didn't burn your your hand touching the stove. Absolutely. You know what? I mean? Yeah, financially, I didn't get <laughs> financially that you didn't get burned. But good on you. But yeah, the education I got in those oh. six seven months were amazing, priceless, yeah. priceless. And and so as soon as that deal ended, we're now we're in April twenty twenty. And I get my money back. I give a little bit back to the, my family that I, you know that mm -hmm. I had, and I'm left with a chunk of cash. And it's the middle of COVID, and no one's buying. 
no one is looking at real estate at all. This must no be one, early COVID. Yeah, April 2020, okay, April, right? So yeah. it's just a month old. Nobody knows what's going on. I'm like, ah, this is just going to be a, a, a cold virus. This is it. I'm, uh, it's going to be over in a, six months. So I, I, I tell Yana, I say, okay. And she had just, uh, like she had finished all of her flips. She'd done all of her renovations. And so she's just sitting back collecting some rent. I'm like, okay. I need a partner. I want to buy another pro- commercial property and do a conversion, not quite as big as that one. So I, I asked her, "Do you want to partner with me?" Like this, you know, because before we were just kind of doing everything separate. Yep, yeah, right? yeah. And and I was happy to have her, and she said yes. She said you want to be a partner, and we were like, yeah, okay. Let's Ray do didn't this. want to have any other partners. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. After that experience. Yeah. Yeah. He <laughs> learned. He learned. Yeah. Yeah. That guy. Yeah. He kind of soured me on partnerships. Yeah. It's how it's always how Nick and I have been too, because we've offered, uh, we've done joint ventures over the years, but we could have done a lot more over the years, and it's just when we weighed dealing with people. And our kind of life and lifestyle, we're just like, no, you know, we'll just kind of pass on that. It's just not worth it. Yeah. You know? So I would do a joint venture again, but I would always make sure that I have control. Sure. I I can't give up control again. I'm just that way, you know? That's our preference too in, in, you know, or even if it's a 50-50 thing that we have voting control on if money's going to be spent. So, you know, if if we know money has to be spent somewhere, we're the ones deciding and, uh, yeah. Anyway, it's so good. Sticky. It's it's stressful. It's stressful, but good on you. Okay. So you. So now it's April 2020. Uh, we've got. I got. I'm sitting on some money. Yana's now going to be my partner. She's working on refinancing her properties to raise money, and uh, we're going shopping. So I put out offers on three different properties in the downtown core. Uh, we went and looked at them personally all together, and uh, there was a few that we really liked, and and one that was okay. I think we all of them would have been very successful conversions, and. Uh, and so we, uh, we, we put these offers out there, very aggressive terms. And one of, the, one of the landlords came back and he was willing to deal. So we bought this, what is now the Bitcoin building. We bought a, a 10,000 square foot, two-story nightclub that had been boarded up for about a year and a half and was being used by the city's uh, drug addicts as, you know, a urinal and hmm. drug, you know, drug place to do the other drugs. Drug place. I like that. Yeah. It was a drug, is your, it was is a your drug. standard drug place. That's right. Because <laughs> it kind of, because the building, the first floor is halfway below grade. So there was this walk down and they could kind of have a little bit of privacy. Yeah, got it. Got and uh, so they would go down there and do whatever they did. And so, so it was destroyed, this building. Yeah, it was a, it was a huge eyesore in the downtown mm-hmm. core. But so you saw opportunity. I did. I did. I saw all these empty spaces that I could convert to apartment buildings. And uh, Jana and I went through it and she saw it right away too. You know, we were both there. We're like, yep, we can do this. We can do this. This is, you know, this is a big empty nightclub. And the funny thing is they closed it down. The city closed it down and took their liquor license away one day after there was a stabbing there. Okay. And that was back in 2018. And and everything was just like everyone was just told to get out and... Like bar, so there drinks, glasses still yeah, on the bar. Glass on the bar, drinks in the bar, beer in the in, in the free in the fridges. The only thing the seller took was the big expensive stereo equipment, like the speakers and the DJ equipment. They took that just before, um, before closing. Wow. Unfortunately, I didn't say you know as is. You know, I, I didn't specify that they had to leave everything in there. That's crazy. Okay, so you get this, they accept the offer, and then what? You start this. You go through a zoning process. You get start to get well, permits. Well, before to- that, uh, I knew I couldn't get a, a, a standard mortgage on it, and we didn't want to use up tie up all my funds. So we negotiated. The deal was we bought it for four hundred twenty five thousand. Okay, 
And I had to put $50,000 down because I kind of like that $50,000. That's your number. That's it. So I put the $50,000 down and they carried a $375,000 vendor take back mortgage. For how long? For two years at 4%. Wow. Yeah. Good on you. And they bought the building four years previous to that for $499. Wow. This was a Toronto uh, catering company that owned it. (laughs) And uh, and so they just wanted to get it off because it was costing them money. Sure, it, it, carrying know, it. Yeah, and weren't doing anything insurance and yeah, yeah. taxes and everything. So they were happy to get rid of it. I guess they were going to flip it themselves or something. They had tried selling it uh, a couple times, but there was no takers. Okay, and there was even people that went through the building before me and thought about doing residential there, but they kind of only they could only see eight units or seven or eight units, and uh, they weren't as aggressive in their thinking as I was. I came from Toronto, so we're used to smaller apartments. Mm-hmm. In Windsor, they were used to like, you know, 1,200 square foot, one bedroom apartments. I was like, no, no, oh, no. Oh, geez. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 400 square, 450 yeah. square foot. That's all. More than enough space <laughs> yeah. there. That's so, a luxury size right yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> so we went, so that's what I, that's how we designed it. We designed huh. it. And, and so we fit 13 apartments plus a commercial space in it. So really it's 14 units and, and the numbers really work. What's the commercial space? So in order for, you asked about zoning, in order for me to keep the zoning the way it was, so it's zoned commercially, but it allows for residential. And this zoning was like probably the most beneficial in the whole city because it allows for residential, but not, the residential does not have to be upstairs above commercial. It can actually be on the same Did you know this before going firm on this deal? I didn't. And then I figured it out afterwards. (laughs) Classic real estate investor. No, no, no. We'll just figure it out as we go. No, actually the zoning in their papers show that first level has to be commercial, but they had another database. And once we actually bought it and they looked at the different database, they're like, oh, it's actually a different zoning, Mm -hmm. which worked for our benefit. Yeah. But we only found out after we bought the building. When we (laughs) bought it, all we thought we were going to do is put commercial two two or three commercial spaces on the ground floor and put eight or sorry, seven residential upstairs but then when we found out that you know we that the entry because most most of the zoning in the city is you can have an entrance to to residential on the ground floor but you can't have any residential it has to be commercial but this particular cd 3.6 was different and it allowed for residential on the ground floor but we did have to maintain a commercial space because it was not zoned just for residential. You had to, it was a zone for mixed use, but you had to keep a, res, a commercial space. Of, of a certain size? So or? we were like, there was how no big does it have to be? Yeah, we yeah, went okay. to the planning department. How big does yeah. it have to be? Well, it doesn't really say in there, Ray. Oh, okay. Here's 130 square feet right behind the utility room. I'm going to make that my commercial spot. They can access it off the alleyway. And Brilliant. That's, and, that's, and that's how I was like, okay, now I can do residential everywhere else. You know, the other 9,900 square feet can be residential. And I just kept a small little like closet as a... So you, you got know. the financing that you could sort, you could handle the costs of this renovation. Did you have to source other funds for that? No, because they carried the whole... Oh, oh so for the you, renovation. So when I left that previous deal with that a partner with over the 10th story... And I got out of all my partnerships with the other guy. I had about two hundred thousand. So you had some cash to play yeah. with to get. So the- I only had to put one hundred fifty thousand dollars down. So I had one hundred fifty thousand to put into renovations. And the plan was she was going to she was going to refinance some of her properties, and that would give us probably about five hundred thousand at mm-hmm. the time we thought. But remember, we didn't know the real estate market was going to go crazy. Sure. Yeah. So so we uh, and that was, we were just going to refinance. We weren't going to sell her properties, but. Uh, Anyways, we, we thought, well, okay, we'll get about the first 500000 in renovations. And then after that, we'll just bring private money in because we've already added enough value 
That was the strategy. And that's essentially what we did, except we ended up putting in more than the first 500 because the real estate market went crazy and we decided, okay, let's just sell some of your properties. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she was left with a lot more money than we thought. Awesome. And and then we ended up putting in, I don't know, about $750,000 in total uh, of our own money. And then did you do the work in this thing? I was the general contractor. Okay. Hands-on as well, but I, I did sub out a lot of the contract, uh, a lot of the work. And what was the final configuration? Map it out for me one more time. One small commercial space off an alleyway somewhere, just so, so you can meet, yeah, meet so, the bylaws. That's right. So you basically in the middle of the, the ground floor, you have, uh, you have a utility room. And then we put our office space right behind that because we couldn't do a, a, an apartment there because there's no windows accessible. And then we put a locker room right behind that. And that was about the size of one apartment, those three things. Then the downstairs has six apartments. Um, they all have windows, right? So two of the apartments have windows off the alleyway. Four of them have right off Polisher Street. And Palisha Street, by the way, is one of the nicest streets in the downtown Windsor. Oh, wow. So Willette Avenue is like the young street of, of Windsor. Got it. Right? It's the main street. Palisha Street is similar to like a Dundas or a Bay Street. Mm-hmm. So okay. it's like, it's a big commercial Great. street, but but it's, uh, it, I think it's actually nicer than Willette. And uh, so we have six units downstairs, all windows. And then upstairs we have seven units and they all have windows. And and we've we did it in a way where... 11 of the 13 units have balconies. Oh, really nice. Yeah. yeah. And this is, sorry, you're, you're selling these? What, what is it? This no, has now apar- become a, it's an a rental property yeah. for you guys. Yeah, that's right. So it's a rental property. We, can, uh, we have 13 apartments plus this little small commercial space. And we don't, uh, people were interested in buying spices, but it's not a condo. So mm-hmm. we're just renting them out. And could it be turned into a condo or no? It could. It could. Yeah, we okay. just have to do go through the yeah, legal who wants you know, to? And if you're happy as a rental property here, it sounds like a great property. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it, we're just happy to keep it. And the, the renovation's complete, correct? The re- renovation. So you're renting it? Uh, uh, tenancies are going to begin. We, we should get our final clearance for occupancy uh, on the 29th and tenancies begin on December 1st. And do you think you're going to have any difficulty renting it out? Well, we've already rented out four units. Um, we already decided we were going to keep six, maybe seven units for ourselves. And I'll explain how we, we keep six or seven for ourselves. Um, but four units to people. And the idea is that they're going to rent them. They declare it as their personal residence because of the short-term rental bylaw. And, and I'm sure they will live there at some, at, some time, at some point in time, but that's not up to me. So we signed long-term rental agreements with them, and they're basically doing Airbnb arbitrage out of mm. those units. Oh, wow. So they pay me, let's say, for a one-bedroom that might normally get unfurnished one-bedroom, maybe 1900 a month in Windsor, which is pretty yep. good for Windsor now. And uh, they'll pay me like 2200 or 2300 all in, and then... And then they can rent it out and make five to six. And you're comfortable with that? Yeah, I'm okay. Airbnb coming and going of people, you guys think that's going to be okay? Yeah, because believe it or not, Airbnb apartments are better kept long-term than than long-term rentals. Because the host or the landlord just maintaining it just to attract good reviews. Absolutely, you got to keep it in great condition or else else people can get refunds. Plus, you got cleaners going in there on a regular basis, cleaning everything up and keeping an eye on everything. Okay, so you've done that with four of the units you said. Yeah, and we have another three or four that we're willing to do it on, Airbnb arbitrage, but... uh, uh, And I have people interested waiting to take a tour once we get back to Windsor on Friday. 
But uh, we want to keep six of the units ourselves, which we will do two as uh, short-term rentals, and then another four, as, four or five of them as midterm rentals. I know you had some guests on here recently talking That's about right. midterm rentals, which is a new thing, and it, I think it's going to be... It uh, seems like it's a rapidly evolving thing. It is. So wh- wh- why the midterm? Well, midterms, because you don't have to abide by any short-term rental bylaws, right? Because it's, technically it's a long-term rental. Um, but you but you rent to people uh, on a minimum of 30 days mm-hmm. and maximum. I mean, you could set your own maximum, but for us, it's going to be six months. And then if they want to stay longer, they can just renew. I think in Windsor in that area, you're just going to find a ton of people needing and wanting midterm. Well, we call it what we're specializing in. What we call our niche in Windsor is we're, we're specializing in executive transitional housing mm-hmm. because there's all these mega projects that totally. are happening. There's going to be a lot of engineers. Why don't you do all midterm? Because you want some of the short-term cash flow. Short-term is going to be higher cash mm-hmm. flow. As yeah. Well. Okay. Yeah. Like you're, you're, so long-term, let's say that same one bedroom brings in nineteen hundred to two thousand. Midterm rentals, furnished executive midterm rentals that are thirty days to six months, you're looking at probably four to f- maybe let's say three to five thousand dollars. Got it. Depending on the demand, three to five thousand. But a short-term rental, if you're operating it, you know, on a nightly rent. You could probably bring in, I think, seven to eight thousand. And your short-term rentals are probably same types of people, just shorter. They're in town looking for a place to yeah, stay. Yeah, you're going to be dealing with more tourists as opposed to all business people. Yeah, but you probably get some business people too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. And the investors that you've uh, kind of accepted for those other units, these are people just over a little of a time of networking that you've come to grow and like. Actually, I'd imagine you- two of them are contractors that worked for me. Okay. I was going to say, because it sounds like it's a pretty good setup. So you must know these people and you're like, okay. Yeah, fine. I know them. I, yeah, they're okay. not, actually, two of them I know, they were contractors that worked for me and they just saw how the building was evolving. They're like, well, we want to be involved mm-hmm. in this. And they were yeah, from the pictures I've buy. seen, you've done a, just a beautiful job on this building. Like Thank it's, you, it's yeah. beautiful. Yeah, it's been good. And, and then the other two were friends of theirs who came in and they just saw the, and we just kind of clicked right away. They came in, they, I took them for a tour. As soon as they left, I said, yep, they're taking two units for sure. Mm-hmm. I knew, I knew they just, we just kind of clicked. Local, was, they're in the Windsor yeah. area. Yeah. So they know what's going on. They see Absolutely. this product. They're like, oh. This yeah, they're in marketing and promotions as well. Yeah, so, so they get they it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So you haven't talked about the name of the building and why it's named the Bitcoin building. Okay. So yeah, where does this angle come from and what have you done? Okay. What well, have you guys you done? On this, yeah. When, when, when no, we get to the day that I was going to name, I named it the Bitcoin building that I, as I came up for the idea, I, I thought bringing Liana. Liana definitely too. thought you were crazy at some point for doing whatever you're about to say. Actually, no, I think she, she I don't know. Really I don't know if no, I'm no, going to no. buy this. I don't know if I'm going to buy this. <laughs> no, before the Bitcoin building, the name was... Blanchard Boutique Apartments. <laughs> no, Blanchard she didn't like Boutique that at apartments. all. I didn't like that <laughs> at all. Like a, to me, that's like has a very Fort Lauderdale, Florida kind of feel to it, you know? Yeah, we wanted to call it boutique because boutique means small and they were smaller units, right? Yeah. Small and cute and cozy. So, so our studios are right at like the big... The, the building co- building code minimum, like 435, 440, right? Those are our studio apartments. One bedrooms, you're looking at probably closer to uh, 490, 500. Two bedrooms, uh, about 550 to six. Wow, you're shaking up the Windsor market. I know, it's pretty small. And then three bedrooms is our largest apartment, and that's about 750 square feet. Hmm. 
but okay. it feels pretty spacey. It's, it's yeah, just not from looking at the way, I mean, I'm seeing it through small. pictures, but mm-hmm. from seeing it, it looks like the way you guys have done it, it really looks nice. Yeah, so it doesn't I, look so cramped. No, you're, I'm not getting that impression from the pictures. Yeah. Um, okay. So yeah. How does this get so started? So I'm renovating one day at the Blanchard boutique apartments mm-hmm. and, and, uh, and so, uh, another thing is, and I kind of have to take two steps back to explain sure. how, it, how this came about. So when we took over this project, the downtown Windsor, in order to revitalize the downtown Windsor core, they have this program called this, the downtown CIP. It's a community improvement program. Okay. A lot of cities have them, right? Where if you put in brand new residential into the downtown because they're trying to revitalize the, the downtown, they, they will give you grants and tax freezes, right? So they, gives, they gave us, a, they will... So we applied for this program and we and we were accepted, and uh, the city was very excited about this program right, right from the beginning. And I have to say honestly, even though the city was bogged down with a lot of stuff and during COVID and everything, they were really really nice and accommodating the whole time because oh, wow. they because they really wanted this project. Cool. Because we were we were we were amongst one of the first people to actually start rebuilding the downtown. Down. Wow. There was another project on the same street that was you know they were building at the same. Why time. now are you seeing many? Oh, since since the hive is finished, which is just up the street from us, and then our building, there is at least six other uh, conversion projects going on in the downtown core. There's Canada's first vertical forest development, vertical forest building developments. It's been announced. That's a hundred and fifty million dollar. What's a vertical forest? So there's going to be two apartment towers, and what what they call it vertical forest because every single balcony and and part and and the outside of the building is all covered in forestry like like greenery so when you look at the building it looks so like one wa- vertical forest. i can have water dripping down the side of my building constantly <laughs> they well they'll have a lot of humidity obviously yeah. but, but but yeah it's it's basically a big green building okay they, they started i think in italy these buildings oh they, really they, yeah there's multiple them a multiple multiple buildings like this around the world and this would be the first in canada oh, wow and my is it a private development it's a private development, but the money behind it is the uh, Canada Pension Plan. Yeah. I don't know if it gives me any investment. confidence at all. But well, sure, that they're, they're not running. Private, okay, okay, they're not running. It's okay. being run by a REIT. Okay, right. Uh, if of, it's being run Toronto. privately, then I can believe in this project. <laughs> if it's an entirely government thing, I'm suspicious. But yeah. yeah, okay. It's an investment trust here in Toronto that's doing it. They're running it, but the money that they're getting interesting from it is is the Canada Pension. Wow. Okay. So lots of stuff going on. Yeah. There's big developments going on all the way down. Like I said, about five hundred million dollars now currently underway and then we they, there's just been new announcements of big condos that are going to be built and the conversion of the old paul martin post office into a hotel and and uh condo and okay. we've got a casino right downtown too. okay so keep getting me to this whole the, the name change yeah so uh one so so the community improvement program has two big uh carrots that they dangle for investors one is five we'll give you five thousand dollars per unit that you that you add to the downtown core up to a maximum of 10, so $50,000, which is good. It's it's a nice grant, and that's a one-time grant that they give you, and that pretty much offsets our building, building permit. Cost. Our building permit was like $49,000. Mm-hmm. So so that helped there, but the, the big carrot is the tax freeze. If you add new residential in the downtown core, they will freeze your taxes for five years at the, at the rate it was before you bought it. And then... Um, but if you go above and beyond and you want to attain a certain uh, uh, environmental accreditation called LEED, 
Have you, have you ever yes, heard of lead? Yes, lead buildings for so, sure. Yep. So if you go and get lead certification, mm-hmm. they'll freeze your property taxes for 10 years. So I was like, wow, 10 years. We got to go for that. So I looked into lead and we're like, okay, we're going to get lead. All right. And uh, so we, I applied for the lead with, I've, I've got a third party, you know, certifier. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and they, and, and yeah, it looks like we're not only going to get lead, we're going to actually get lead gold, I think. We're going to either be really close to silver. So can you describe what you have to do to get lead for anyone listening? Yeah. So you have to really consider when you're building, um, you know, uh, the building envelope, you have to make sure that every single unit is airtight and no, there's no leakages between units. Uh, you have to super, super insulate. Uh, you have to do, other, you have to do radon gas venting, which most people don't even know what that is, but I mean, there's radon gas venting up from the earth everywhere. Right now, as we sit here, there's radon gas. Unless you have a radon gas vent, there's gas coming through the, through the concrete. And this radon gas is, now we know that it, it can cause cancer, right? If you you're, spend a lot of time in your home. And certain areas have worse than others. But lead certification, you have to put in a radon vent, which basically when you open up your, your, your ground floor to do all your plumbing, replumbing, you have to put in some vents in the ground and then you have to f- exhaust that to the roof so that it basically bypasses your building. So that's one thing you have to do. We did a hot water recovery system. There's a whole bunch of different things you can get do to get points, but you have to buy more expensive windows. You have to do more expensive insulation. You have to, even the flooring and the materials you use, they all have to be like zero VOCs and they have to be environmentally sustainable. So we put in cork flooring from Portugal. Um, so you, you did it, you went for it. Yeah, we went for it. Okay. We're definitely going to get it. Okay. We just don't know if we're going to get so to come. Some inspector has to come in and check it all out. You That's have to right. show all your purchases and materials Absolutely. and this kind of stuff. Yeah. Okay. Everything has to be energy star. Yeah. Okay. Everything like that. Okay. But the great thing is that the, so in the beginning when we went for the lead, the lead certifier came up with an eye. And, and one of the biggest things that we had to do is we've got to put solar on the roof. Okay. Cause we have to generate our, you know, our own, well, you get a whole bunch of points if you put solar on, you probably could do it without, but we wanted to get, it. I, I, I don't know. My, my personality is like, if, if you're going to go this far, let's just go that far and do it and do it better. So, so I wanted to get as best lead accreditation if we could. And so we set aside, we got a 5,000 square foot roof, flat roof, it's unobstructed because uh, there's not that many tall buildings around. So, you know, and Windsor gets one of the, it gets the highest sun days of any place in Canada. In, mm. And uh, so we said, hey. You're our like Florida. freaking Florida on Windsor, man. You're it is. It yeah, is the yeah. Florida of Windsor. <laughs> Windsor's <laughs> referred to as the Florida of is Canada. It? Okay, I didn't yeah. even know that it was. The, yeah. I just sometimes look at it on the map. I'm like, geez, man, that's pretty. Like, yeah, we're always like six, maybe six, maybe sometimes seven degrees warmer than yeah, you guys. You're just showing off now. Yeah, okay. <laughs> And, and so, yeah, Windsor is the Florida of Canada, and we're bringing, what we always say to everyone is we're bringing the South Beach to that Florida. Oh, geez, got it. Yeah. And is that why the, you have the kind of the lighting the way you do yeah. and stuff? That's yeah, why that the building the looks like the way it does. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, uh, so, yeah, the LEED certification, we wanted to go for that. And one of the biggest things was putting the solar in. And at first we thought, uh, based on calculations that the LEED certifier did, we thought, okay, the solar is going to generate almost as much electricity as the building requires. And we're like, okay, so we're going to be close to net zero, but that's great. But afterwards I started doing, I, I was trying to maximize, I was like, how can we get more? Cause we sure. were so close to being net zero. I was like, how can we get more energy? I want to get net zero if we can. Right. And then i called and found out you can't even get net zero. Uh, at the time we couldn't even get net zero, uh, because they hadn't established, uh, 
criteria yet for multifamily buildings. They were only doing single family homes. Um, now they have a couple in, uh, that are, you know, in, uh, what's the word? They're in process. In process, yeah. Yeah, just trial, right? And uh, they haven't announced them yet. Like they haven't announced that they're finished yet or anything. But, um, but uh, so I wanted to get this net zero. So I kept on looking at how could we maximize a solar. And I, and I picked a, a solar company here in Toronto based on a recommendation of a real estate investor who's also really big into solar. And we went with Otter Solar here in, out of Toronto. And they're very aggressive about how they can get you the maximum amount of energy for the smallest space. And I love that. So we picked them and they, and they came up with their own prediction. They came up with how much megawatts per year we're going to generate from the solar. And we were at like 75, 80 megawatts. And, and the other, the lead certifier was saying, well, we're going to, you're going to need about 70 or 67 or 70, or maybe even anywhere from 67 to 70, all the way up to maybe even 80 megawatts for the building. And I was like, oh, we're so close to net zero. But, uh, but then later on, I got better data from the States. Uh, I don't know what modeling they were using, but I would, I found better data from the States basically on, on lead certified apartments not homes but apartments and these were all based on 900 square foot apartments which are much bigger than ours and the energy usage was so low everything's energy star everything's insulated everything's airtight and so i started crunching the numbers based on their data in the states and i came up with like 40 megawatts so now we're looking at almost double the amount of energy from the solar that the building will use so we had this big extra of of energy and i'm like that's quite wow. the calculation change. Yeah, it was a big change. And I went back and forward and I showed it to them and they're like, yeah. And I showed it to my, you know, my, my lead certifier and he's like, well, that's interesting. That's, 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 more, that's newer data than what we're using in our modeling. And I'm like, yeah, and this is based on 900 square foot apartments. Okay. I have like the now 500 I, square foot so apartments. Now I know where you're headed. Yeah. So I've, now I've got all this extra energy and I'm like, okay, what are we going to do with it? Because the net metering program, sorry, the microfit program has gone. You can't sell it to the grid. If you don't use it up, you lose it. You get a credit for 12 months, and if you don't use that, you lose it's it. Gone. So I was like, okay, how are we going to use all this energy? And I thought, and it just one day I thought, okay, we got this small commercial space that I was going to use just for like storage for my other business. Mm-hmm. I was like, why don't we put Bitcoin miners in there? They'll use up the energy. And that was the day I was like, okay, well, let's use it. Let's put Bitcoin. Did you know anything about Bitcoin mining? I did. I I've been I've been kind of orange pilled since 2017. I got into. Uh, and not Bitcoin mining. I got into uh, uh, Zcash mining back in 2017, okay. just after the big pump and dump. Okay. <laughs> right. And uh, so I learned all about that and, and I bought some Bitcoin back wow, then. Wow, you've been chasing a lot of different things over the years. Yeah. It's all coming together though. It's all coming together <laughs> yeah, it's here. it's all yeah, coming yeah. together. So yeah, we decided, I decided, you know, that would be a great idea. Let's, let's put this, you know, let's make this... Uh, you know, use up all the electricity mm-hmm. with Bitcoin and, and probably if I can probably put enough Bitcoin miners in there to use it all up. And uh, and I was like, and then it just hit me. Why don't I just call the building the Bitcoin building? Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, we'll, we'll we'll call it the Bitcoin building. We'll put decorations up of the Bitcoin, you know, celebrating Yeah, I feel like Bitcoin. you have neon signs now that say the Bitcoin building, yeah. right? That's what I've seen. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Eventually it turned into our- Bitcoin our, artwork. Our hallways are an art gallery. Right? That's right. Yeah. Okay. That's we, what, we, that's what we're, we, we were trying to say a museum, but I don't think museum is proper. I think it's more of, a, we, we've built an art gallery to Bitcoin in our, in our hallways and corridors. And, uh, and so I called her up one day and I'm like, guess what? We're changing the name. And she was probably pretty happy. 
makes me very happy. So you were on board with this name change? Yes, 100%. <laughs> and because it also gives a theme to the building. Yeah. And instead of putting like pictures of flowers and whatever. And yeah. I actually, I was traveling a lot. So I thought, oh, the hall is going to be filled with my travel pictures. <laughs> yeah, got it, got yeah, it. Yeah, well, that changed. But um, Yeah, I thought I was going to see some resistance to it right away. Because she was, you know... I, she had heard about Bitcoin. I told her about it and everything, but she wasn't like really, you know, Bitcoin. No. Anything close to a but Bitcoin. But the old accident. name she didn't like enough. That's what it was. That's any what it was. name change was going to be better That's than right. that name. Yeah. I could have called it the moon building. Yeah, yeah, you were like, yeah. yes. But, uh, but yeah, I told her that and she was like, yeah, that sounds cool. And then afterwards, I started thinking again, how can we make this even better? And so I knew Bitcoin miners give off a lot of heat mm -hmm. because the, my, the miners, my GPU miners that I had before gave off quite a bit of heat. And I was like, okay, now we got to deal with the heat and the sound. Are the miners in there right now in the building? They're, they are. They're just not running yet. Okay. Uh, we just got the electrical connections there. And, uh, but, but when I get back this weekend, I'm going to fire them up. Cool. Yeah. Okay. So, so they're going to give off heat. What are you going to do with the heat? So with the heat, uh, we could either just vent it right outside, but I thought that's such a waste. So. I came up with an idea. I said, listen, I'm going to find, I'm, I'm going to buy some commercial hot water tanks and I'm going to destroy my warranty on them. I'm going to take them apart and we're going to figure out how to vent the hot water, the hot, the hot air into these hot water tanks and, and heat the water with, with the Bitcoin miners. But I didn't have to do any of that. When I did, started doing my research, I found a model of hot water tank. Uh, it's called a hybrid hot water tank. And it, what, what it is, it's, it's your traditional a hot water tank with an electric coil that goes around it, but it has a heat pump on top of it. And that heat pump takes air, warm air, out of the Come regular on. air. Yeah, it takes it takes the, the heat out of the air, condenses it to make what it even hotter. What was the application of that? They're used in places, factor, they're used in... I guess factories that have they're a lot actually of, residential models. They're not residential commercial. models they're residential built like models. this. Yeah, I guess this might be something obvious that I've just missed over the years. I don't think I've ever heard of this. Yeah, so you could—it's very new, but you could put them in your anyone, any renter, any any you know, uh, a rental housing uh, investor could put them in their put their mm -hmm. put them in their room that usually is pretty warm. Anyways, yeah. right? This sometimes you open up those kinds of rooms and it's like a wall of heat. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, this thing will take that heat condense it and heat your water for almost free. You're only paying for the electricity it's, it's to run that heat It's that efficient that it can do that? Heat pumps are so, so efficient. Really? Yeah, absolutely. The whole building actually is heated by heat pumps. All of our heating in the units and the stairwell and the, and the, uh, the hallways is all heated by heat pumps. Heat pumps that are not part of these hot water heat pumps. No, this is uh, this is uh, other heat pumps. These okay, are like mini. Yeah, got it. Systems, yeah, got know? it. Okay. Heat yes. Systems. Okay. So, so in this room, then you're going to fire up these miners. Yep. They're going to produce heat. They're going to bring the temperature of the room up to like forty to fifty degrees Celsius. These water heaters are in the same room Absolutely. now. Absolutely. And okay. we're actually putting ducts over top coming because these heat pumps you can actually duct in and duct out of them. Okay. So. Out of the top of them, we're ducting in the heat, the hot water, which we're going to put a ducts right over top of the miners to capture that heat. It goes right into the heat pump. The heat pump condenses that, creates almost free hot water for the building. What comes out of the other side of the heat pump is nice, cold, air-conditioned air, which we're going to then duct underneath the miners to keep the miners cool. Mm, help keep smart. the miners cool. So this is ridiculous, <laughs> like in the best possible way. <laughs> it's really cool. And, and that's why we go around saying that we are the first as far as we've heard, we are the first multifamily residential apartment building in the world to integrate Bitcoin miners into the mechanical system of the building. 
And we're hoping that the uh, revenue ge generated by the bitcoins may actually be counted towards the <laughs> NOI. Yeah, yeah. We're going to try. We're going to argue. It's part of the system. We're going to set up the lease for that for that for that um, commercial space, so as that the, part of the profits from the Bitcoin mining go to the building, and so that will increase our NOI. So it'll increase the value of the building. Wow! Yeah, this is ludicrous. so it's lowering our costs and it's adding income to the building as well at the same time. And on top of that, now we're going to duct. Not only are we ducting into the hot water, hybrid hot water tanks, but we're now going to duct into the hallways and the stairwells because we can't do it into the units because the units have to be self-contained and airtight. Got it. That's for lead. That's for the correct. Lead. Okay, yeah. but, but we hallways can, but and hallways common, common areas. Yeah, we're going to. So duct you're going to take heat. excess heat. Because there's going to be excess heat here that's not trapped properly. Absolutely. And you can redirect that. Yeah, How are you going to redirect that, though? It's just in the it's sitting in the room. So it's in the room. We're going to have ducts that that will go, that will go, naturally the heat will just go into the ducts and go to the hallways because one hallway is up. You think you can get that much pressure, that much flow? Oh, I can that? put fans on as well. But won't that suck move. it away from the, we, the the heat pumps on the water? No, heaters? I think. Because you think you're going to gonna trap that. Way too much heat. I, I think yeah. even on top of heating the hallways and the stairwell and the hot water tank, I'm still going to have to vent. You think so? Yeah. There's going to be that much heat. Because eventually, right now we're starting with two Bitcoin miners. And they're, they're not the latest, greatest ones. They're, they're third generation S17s. But they give off a lot of heat. Mm -hmm. and, but we have enough amperage in the building that we could do up to 30 miners. So we might have a Come small on, from farm. That, from the solar, you, you can do that many miners? No, no. The sol we would exceed our solar capacity. Oh, okay. Got it. You're talking but about what have, you could pull in from the building. Yeah. The actual, with, with the service that's brought into the building, mm -hmm. the mm -hmm. excess amperage that we have in our main panels, we could we could accommodate up to 30 miners. So you're just going to play with this to see if, how the numbers work. Yeah. Because it may not make sense. I know the hash rate right now is really kind of high. So you're just going to figure stuff out as you go here. Well, our miners are S17s. If you go on one of those calculators. yeah. yeah. They're calculated to lose about $900 US per year currently at current prices, mm -hmm. right? Maybe a little bit more. I'm not sure what Bitcoin price is at today. Got it. You're but looking over my shoulder. Yeah, I'm looking yeah, at your yeah, clock. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah, really cool. I got to yeah. get one of those. <laughs> and uh, The Bitcoin building should have one of those. I mean, come on. I'm going to ask you where we yeah. got it. But uh, so... So I'm pretty sure that's a Canadian, out of Toronto. Yeah. I think it's CoinKite's companies that make that. Oh, anyway, we'll follow that's, up on it's that. It's really cool. Yeah. Um, but they... Uh, yeah, they, they they they're currently going to lose money per year, but but that's based on re paying resident uh, residential uh, electricity or retail electri electricity rates. Now, even though I have a bunch of electricity that's going to be used basically for free, mm -hmm. um, I still estimate that it, the Bitcoin miners, these two Bitcoin miners, will use up just as much electricity, if not more, than the whole building combined. Wow. Yeah, that's. Jeez. Kind of how much electricity yeah, got they it, use up. Got it. Yeah. So the leftover from the solar, it's going to be good, but it's it's not it's really not going to cover satisfy everything. what you think you want to do here. It's not going to cover oh, the the total electricity needs for both of them. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it'll probably cover about eighty to ninety percent of their electricity. You can you can extrapolate where this is headed. Like what you've done is you're building something that's cutting edge. Like the way you're thinking about this is totally cutting edge. Like this is, you know, this is stuff that really you're saying it's the first. Yeah. You know. But if you extrapolate this out from what you're learning in this building to, let's say, two or three projects down the line, where the heck do we end up? Where you're putting solar, but then to pay for some of the solar, you can take that energy 
and monetize it. Absolutely. You can freaking monetize it. And this is where I think the people that are against Bitcoin's energy usage get it all wrong. Absolutely. What Bitcoin is allowing, it's Bitcoin is basically forcing the development of more efficient energy systems. Absolutely. Like Bitcoin is literally changing the physical world. We have a digital thing that is pushing back on the digital world and forcing the, sorry, pushing back on the physical world and forcing the physical world to get better. Mm -hmm. it's, it's absolutely ludicrous it's that incredible. we have a digital yeah. thing that's changing what we're doing in physical reality. And at the It's always been like kind of the reverse, right? Like in physical reality, we'll make artificial intelligence yeah, and we'll yeah. make digital worlds. We now have like this reverse system happening. It's, it's to me, it's completely mind blowing. Like, it's incomprehensible almost. I, I, I tell everyone, I think Bitcoin is going to change the world more than the internet did. I'm more. I know. I, I really believe when you change, I think Bitcoin gets labeled currently as to many people as like this strange thing, or if they kind of sort of understand it, it's like gold 2.0. Oh, I get mm -hmm. it. It's like a digital scare school. It is so much like it's an open protocol. It's permissionless. It's censorship resistant. When you look in the security aspects of it, like when I was in IT, if you're going to protect some digital database, you would do all these kinds of things to make it not hackable and stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm not a techie anymore, but now that I could write possibly APIs to say if someone's going to access a really sensitive system, they have to prove to me that they have some Bitcoin mm -hmm. as well, because I can programmatically interface with Bitcoin in that manner. Mm -hmm. And to get the Bitcoin, any hacker would actually have to expend energy to get the Bitcoin. It makes my system so much more secure because now it's just not like you hacking yeah, yeah. a password. You have to show up with like hacking a password and proving and back it and back it with like, hey, you know, I have this many sats. And if you want to make it really secure, you could say I have this many sats, a whole lot of sats, a whole lot of Bitcoin, or you're not getting into the system. Absolutely. So like, what's that then? Now we have what a security protocol. Mm -hmm. This is, I mean, it's just and and it's it's making you change what you're doing on solar panels on a roof in Windsor. It's, it is completely mind-blowing. And I think that's why sometimes I just, when I look at this thing, I'm like, what are we even looking at? Yeah. Like, it's just mind-blowing. Yeah, it almost has a life of its own. And, and it will, it, it's going to go down, I think, as probably the best invention of mankind. I'm, Until the next best. Yeah, but this one's really high up. I feel like the layers to this onion are just like, we're, yeah. we're not even starting yet. I tell everyone, I, I, everyone that I try to orange pill, I tell them, look, we in Bitcoin terms, we are, we, here's, a, here's a way of comparing it. We are like back in 1996 on the internet. Mm, totally. That's how early yeah. we are still. And, and look at how, what the, how the internet has changed the world. What we're doing right now is going to be on the internet, you know, everything. Yeah. Everything's on the internet. Everyone's on the internet every day. And, and Bitcoin's and, and, going to do more than that. And the weird part is because the price is so depressed right now, I think a lot of people who don't understand are just kind of like, yeah, whatever, have fun with your little Bitcoin. Yeah. But if you look at some of the stats just on the Lightning Network, the users, the number of transactions, the wallets, everything's the growing. And I'm like, okay, price is down. But like underneath, it seems like there's more activity here, not less. Institutional adoption is growing, everything. Yeah. It's, it's, it's weird, weird times, but that's just an incredible thing that you're, you know, I got to give credit to you, you both like to kind of being so open-minded and to also just, you know, Ray, you said it a couple of times, like you don't want to just do something one way. You want to like go all the way. Yeah. And it feels like here you're going all the way. I'm always asking myself, how can we make things better? How can we do better? How can we make it like, this is great, but how can we make it even better? You know? Yeah. 
And we even have plans to improve upon what we've done already. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put a Bitcoin statue in front of the building. <laughs> it's going to be a Statue of Liberty, right? She's going to be holding up a Bitcoin with the anonymous mask on her face. No way. And, and she's going to have like all this wording on her sash and everything like this, like, you know, no, fix the money, fix the world and everything. This is going to be a destination in Windsor. Yeah, I, I, I think so. I'm, I'm, it's I'm funny really looking forward to all the Bitcoiners coming. Yeah, yeah. It's funny because I think to a big part of a lot of people are really going to love it. And a lot of people are just going to look at you guys going, oh, those strange, like, what are those? <laughs> what are those weirdos doing over there with that building? But uh, wow, I can't... Uh, I can't wait to see, you know, in a year or two to kind of get reports back from you guys on like, hey, here's what we learned from this process. Mm-hmm. I can't believe you found commercial hot, or the residential hot water tanks. It, like was, it blew my mind. That you must have so freaked easy. out that I, day. I thought it was, I thought it was like a, a godsend because uh, I, I thought I was really going to have to engineer and pay an engineer to help build something unique and different. But when I found out these things already existed, it was great. Does so, the company know the manner in which you're using yeah, it? Yeah, I contacted uh, like pretty high directors because I wanted to make sure that this would work. So I, I ended up speaking to one of the directors and he, he was like, wow, I've never heard of anyone using it this way before. <laughs> and I had to put multiple tanks in because they only had an 80-gallon tank. That was the biggest one. So I put in two, but I have capacity to put in a third if, if for some reason the the water the heat the water heating can't recover fast enough like if everyone's taking sure. a shower at the same yeah. time so i have the capacity to put in a third one if i have to um but i think the two are going to you know handle the job and uh and when he heard about it i was like yeah this is what i want to do and he's like wow let us know how it goes this is really cool <laughs> and uh so eventually i want to actually do a partnership with them and start promoting this and and and, and people do they even me, care what you're doing or are they just kind of curious at this point they're kind of curious yeah. but i think once they see the potential probably of probably want to keep you at arm's length a little bit hey yeah. we don't know what you guys let's are doing let how us it know. if it's positive let us know if yeah, it doesn't yeah. work please don't contact us ever again yeah but i think if it works and without if with the publicity we're going to get i think they're going to be very interested in doing some kind of joint you know marketing and uh well you're a nice proof of concept for them that's yeah for sure. and we're doing it for free for them right yeah you're doing it on actually your i'm dime. paying for their product they didn't give yeah. me any discount yeah you're doing it all on your dime so where, where does this all lead for you guys like you want to do and after this project i can't see either of you sitting still i mean between tell us tax- where we're going from this babe. what we're going to brazil <laughs> is, that, is that where you're going next brazil yeah we, we're go- we're actually going to go this winter we're taking we're taking the winter off and we're going to uh, you've earned well, a break you've both earned yeah a break. yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Those two hard years. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yana, come a little closer to the mic. I don't want to, yeah, I wanna, don't want to lose you there. So we're, we're, this winter, we're going to go away to Florida or, and we're looking for another property somewhere in Florida because, you know, Florida is like the Bitcoin Mecca mm-hmm. uh, right now. You know, that's where the- Seeming that way, yeah. Seeming that way, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and we really like, we heard about this city from some friends of ours down in Brazil called Florinopolis. Okay. And it's, uh, it's about a nine-hour drive south of Rio. The climate is almost perfect. It gets up to like 28, 29, 30 degrees max. And in the wintertime, the coldest it gets is like 11 degrees Celsius. And most most of the time, you're, you're, you're going between 28 and 19 degrees. Wow. It's beautiful, yeah. like perfect temperature. Yeah. And it's got 60 beaches. It's about a million, a population of a million between the island itself and the... Sounds mainland. like you're moving there. 
We're get, we're considering yeah, it. We're yeah. considering it, and we want to do a, like a listen. Ho- you a hotel just, you're just thing. selling me on Windsor, Ontario, and they're already bailing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you're we'll like, be back. Oh, yeah. Well, we have another project. We have actually another project. Windsor. Yeah. Bitcoin building two is going to be in Windsor. Got it. Is that under c- control yet, or you just have your eyes yes. on us? No, site? no. We have we own the property, and uh, it's it's not going to be residential. It's going to be an indoor climate controlled self storage building. Hmm. The right? first one and the holy grail of every real estate investor. It is it's yes. self storage. It's a great self. The highest rent per square. Did you see the self storage here on this property? Here, I don't know if you saw it when you came in. I'll, no. tell, I'll tell you the numbers. On, uh, we know the person who who did that and kind of sold out of it. We'll tell you the numbers on that building. It's, they make uh, a lot of money. They uh, they built it and then filled it and then sold it. And I'll tell you what they got for that building. It's uh, yeah, it's an incredible story. Yeah. So good for you guys. And yeah. and uh, and the great thing is you have no residential tenancies act to deal with. You know. I you know to me it's not even that. I'm, not, I'm never scared of residential tenancy act. To me, I'm just scared of humans. Yeah. So like you just well, have no what humans. humans can do with the <laughs> yeah yeah exactly exactly, exactly. Yeah. you just have very few humans. Right. You have their stuff, but then they leave. Yeah. And they don't pay. You're like get out of here. You don't get your stuff back. Yeah. You've auctioned it off. And yeah. Yeah. That's clear it. it out. Move and on there to you the go. Next. Move it's on to a, the just next. a brilliant business. And everybody has too much stuff because we're in North America, a very consumer based economy. Here, put all your junk in our space and pay me for holding your stuff. And the thing is, in downtown Windsor, like I told you, there's 500 million dollars worth of residential development, and most of it is conversion projects from. Resi- from commercial to residential because everyone's jumping on that bandwagon and uh and they don't have storage and, and they're well space. if everyone's they're building not space storage. the square foot you are yeah well you guys they're all going to be they smaller, need storage yeah. so i see what you're doing yeah. and we're going to be building residential small enough yeah. that no one has space for their stuff and then you're going to put a self-storage place next to it that's i right. totally see your master <laughs> yeah, plan actually there is a funny story with it so ray saw this building and it's an eyesore right in downtown windsor it looks horrible it's dilapidating again <laughs> homeless are breaking in and the owner couldn't sell it for some time so Ray's like, I want to do self-storage in here. And we went to the city and they're like, nope, no self-storage. <laughs> it's industrial zoning. We don't allow anything industrial in downtown. Yeah. So then, uh, so that idea kind of went away. But then, <laughs> but then uh, Ray um, met with I went out our for city drink- councilor. Yeah, I went out for drinks one with, night with, with the, the city, city councilor in the downtown core. And, and he loved what I was doing at the Blanchard boutique sure. apartment, yeah, yeah. right? He, it wasn't the Bitcoin building back then, but he loved the fact that we were doing that. And he said to me, he said, well, any other projects? And I was like, well, you know, I have this other one that I really like, I want to do, but I just don't think I can do it. And he goes, tell me about it. I'm like, ah, I don't really want to give it away in case it, you know, I can do it. He's like, believe me, just tell me. And he convinced me and I told him about it. And he's like, do it, go buy it. I'll get you the zoning. Yeah. And Ray I, I, went the next day and gave them the offer. And have you got the zoning yet? And yeah, we got, we got the, zoning. the zoning. Oh wow! It was about a six-month process. Cost about ten grand, but but we got it. Good We're the thing. actually the only property in Windsor that can do residential, commercial, and industrial in the same same mm. lot. Yeah, yeah, and what a story! I mean, just the way that you guys are plowing forward, buying tax sales with mold, and moving to the place <laughs> to actually kind of flip it. And it's I mean, crazy this adventure. is ultimately what it takes. But along the along the way, you guys, like all of us, have clearly made some mistakes. Like all of us. And but I but the value in those in what in in that is that you've learned from mm-hmm. those mistakes and those mistakes kind of guide your next moves. Absolutely. And it's your ability and willingness to make some of those mistakes and kind of go through because I'm sure when you were like 
mining that Zcash or Zcash or whatever that was called, that gave you some knowledge on mining that mm -hmm. you were then able to apply to Bitcoin, mm -hmm. you know, and yeah. you know, all these things adding up together is just kind of incredible. What a really unique story. Thank you. I really, really appreciate you. I mean, you're driving all the way in here from Windsor to share this story. Mm -hmm. So thank you for this. I'm wondering where this goes uh, next. So you're going to have to come back in a year, give us an update or sure. two years. I don't well, want to do. I don't want to do out at the building. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Get you said that, and you're very kind. We. I think Nick and I would both like to come in and check it down. It's just the last six months, year. I feel like I don't know. I feel like we have more time in our in our business, but my time's booked with other. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I'm tied up. But anyway, yeah. I think it's travel. The, this year, That's Nick great. was looking at the travel dates. He's like. You've really traveled a lot this year. And I was just like, yeah, that's nice. I totally have. And I'm But that's really, what you did it all for. Yeah. Right? So you really, could have that for It really is. Yeah. It totally is. And it feels great to be able to travel with family. And um, earlier this year, I traveled with my dad a little bit. And yeah, that's what it's totally all, all about. Yeah. But we will make our way. You have my word. We're coming to this building. I want to check yeah, it I'm out. Yeah, I'm going to put you up. And I want to go in the alley the yeah. to, the mining, to the mining facility <laughs> in the side door. First stop. I don't even want to see any of the residential stuff. I just want to see these hot water tanks. Well, we have it set up so that anyone who stays in the building, whether short-term or mid-term, you can, you're going to walk through, you can go through all both corridors and see the whole, uh, see all the gallery. We have this giant feature wall on the second floor that has the whole Genesis block of the Bitcoin building on it. Oh, so cool. Yeah. I feel and, like on your next one, you're going to have like a plexiglass or a glass window into the facility that's doing the mining. We already the, have it in this oh, one. Oh, do you? Yeah. So you can see into so it? So when you go, when you walk through the hallway, you come to the office and it's got a big window on the steel door and you can look inside and you'll see not, you'll, you'll see exactly what you saw in those pictures. You'll see, you'll see the acoustical paneling behind it to deaden the sound and you'll see the, the, the venting going over top, so the ducting going over top of it into the into the hybrid hot water tanks that which you'll be able to see, and you'll see the Bitcoin miners, and you'll hear you'll probably hear a little bit of them buzzing away. So what, I don't know how loud it's going to be yet. Yeah, part of the process. You're going to learn. Yeah. How would so how would if someone wants to f you know learn more about what you're doing, figure you guys out, find more. What's the con is there some contact in a URL? Just Google the building name. What, can, what do you, you want to hand out here? Contact us at info at thebitcoinbuildings.com. So plural. Plural. You're because already going be plural. Absolutely. You're already at, <laughs> so in, info at thebitcoinbuildingsplural.com. Yeah. Yeah, because we, we want to build out, our plan is over the next 10 years to build a network of at least 50 of these properties around the world. Like if, if El Salvador is going to do the Bitcoin mm -hmm. buildings, uh, Bitcoin city, we're, we're there. there. We're, we're going to be, mm -hmm. we're going to build like a spa resort on the beach there and call it the Bitcoin building. Um, so we want to do a, a network of these around the world. And, uh, and we, we, and we don't necessarily have to own them all. Just like, you know, Trump doesn't own all the Trump buildings, right? But we're going to own the brand. And, uh, and, and so other people will want to brand their buildings, the Bitcoin buildings. And that's how we'll get to 50 pretty quickly. And they'll just pay us, you know, a royalty for the name. And, you know, they have to keep certain standards. And uh, Thinking big. Thinking big. And then we'll it. start a yeah. membership. Like, like yeah, yeah. we'll follow your lead and yeah. we'll start a membership. And, yeah, we'll, you know, we'll have uh, the Bitcoin membership around the world. Very cool. And you can, it'd be so cool that you could go anywhere in the world and stay. In any region of the world, you could stay and pay in Bitcoin, you know. 10, 20 years from now, we're going to look back on this period like we were all crazy or like everybody thinking this way was ahead of their time. I don't know fully. I, I'm leaning one way. Like I'm pretty sure I know which way we're going to reflect on this time, but it's fascinating times. Yeah. Thank you to both of you. 
Thank you for coming out. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for being so open, kind of sharing your journey. Really appreciate that. And uh, yeah, we're going to catch up with both of you. I don't know when it'll be appropriate, but uh, Will, Nick and I at some point are coming out there. Definitely. Awesome. Have my word. We're awesome. do, doing that. And I'm going to have to bug you to come back here. Or if we go out there, maybe we'll just do a remote podcast while we're out there or something. That would like be that. great. That would be awesome. Thank you both. Thank, Thank you, you very, very much, much, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, everyone. Hopefully you enjoyed that chat with Ray and Yana. That kind of blew my mind. I've never heard of somebody harnessing solar power from the roof of a building to run some Bitcoin miners and then use the heat from the miners to heat the water in the building. Where are we headed? Nobody knows. And if you are listening to this and you want more real estate investing information, you can find a whole bunch of it at rockstarinnercircle.com. That includes videos and podcasts and reports and books. Right, you can register for the introductory real estate investing class that we put on, and that's all available to you at rockstarinnercircle.com. That's it for this episode. Until next time, your life, your terms.